When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio KMAN. Your home for K-State Athletics. It's game time. This is the game on News Radio KMAN. Mason, if you could do me a favor, here's a pen. If you want to cut these paper, cut this paper that you've already cut into uh, another half, so we have four pieces, and just start writing names on them, that'll be great. So Mason, DG, Troy, and Trey, hmm. and then we'll be all set. It's- Welcome to the game, Mason. Both in studio, everybody. Golly, yeah. yeah. Welcome back, yeah, boo. Mason. Both yeah. from Email Online. He's the head man over there. Big shot. Yeah, that's I mean, that's generous to say, but I do I do most of the work these days. Mm-hmm. Well who's the one uh, trying to hire a, a replacement for Bussy? Is that you or uh, is that somebody that's, else? That's a collaborative effort uh, that I don't really have any final say over. Hmm. Uh, so right now it is just me. But yeah, I mean, hey. He kind of owe you and texted me, just bailed <laughs> uh, for what he thought was a better option. <laughs> Uh, well, he did jump to the Big Ten. I don't know. It seems yeah, like they're getting more money. Well, I guess Over he's $2 more billion Nebraska than, than uh, OU in Texas. Uh, no, I'm I, I'm happy for him. I told him to do it. He called me, and I was very concerned when he wanted to talk about it because I got a text at like 930 at night, and he said, hey, got time for a call. I know it's like kind of important. I'm like, oh. Oh my. I'm like, what just happened? What's going on? Oh, it could be anything. I'm freaking out because yeah. I don't like that. My dad does that to me. Like, got time for a quick call? <laughs> oh yeah, the old text. Like, yeah. well, we're texting, aren't we? I, like, I, don't, I, no, I don't know. I work no. from I work from home, Dad. It's three thirty in the afternoon. Yeah, I don't have anything going on. I got time for a call, and so he gets on it and he he tells me and I go, oh no, I was like, you got to do it, you got to do it. So, uh, but yeah, no, it's all right. And at least he didn't do it in the middle of the season. So. Yeah, true. true. We're all I right. guess. We're all yeah. right for now. We'll see how things go. Welcome to the game. Mitch Fortner with David G., Troy Coverdale, Travion Berkland wearing his Michael Jackson thriller shirt, and Mason Voth again from Email Line joins us in the fourth chair. And uh, coming up on today's show, since we have Mason here and we have five in studio, we can finally bring back Do They Know It. By the way, we're only on for an hour today. we got the Royals coming up at 5 o'clock. They'll start a series in Detroit tonight. And uh, we'll, oh, we'll get God. to uh, we'll get to Bob Huggins, of course, here in just a moment. As Mason is still writing down names, because it's going to be Mason, Deech, Troy, and Trey. I'm going to be hosting 
Oh. We, have, we haven't played since, uh, since uh, well, Big Steve got another job mm. and couldn't be here in the afternoons. He was the one kind of leading the force on that. Since he owe you in Texas, you guys. <laughs> no, I think he San Diego stated us, if I'm, if I'm <laughs> being honest. You know... Uh, Esteban Grande isn't, he's not capable of pulling an OU Texas. You know, he doesn't have the, that kind of heart. Let's just go ahead and draw for names right now. Yeah. We'll just figure out the teams. Get it done right now. All right, team number one is going to be Trey. And Trey's partner will be Mason. Wow. It's, it's going to be the two young guys versus the two geezers. Nice. Right, well, this, this scares me because you do have kind of – a tendency to grab stuff that is a little out of my age range. So I just don't know how this yes! game's played. Well, we'll get to the details a little bit later. Mason, I want to know yes! the update on Bud. She's What's fine. New? She's, she's got Bud Jr. cooking inside of her, and uh, we're under two months until oh. I've, got a, I've got a daughter. So Just understand, folks, Bud Jr. is not the new Anheuser-Busch brew. Yes, yes. <laughs> don't turn off your radio. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, so we're we're counting down the days until uh, that that happens and that gets here. But she's doing fine for the most part. Although I do, I've been on my my toes a little bit more recently because I do think she's finally starting to feel like the actual impacts of like getting to the late stages of pregnancy, where now it's like getting tougher for her to move and like mm. things are hurting more. So I'm just whatever I can do. You know, if I got to get up and go get something, I do it. If I can just try and convince her that she's okay and she's not ailing, then that's what I do. Good man. So Mason and Bud are having a girl. Uh-huh. He won't tell us the name, yep. so we'll find out on the B day. Uh-huh. But Deej over here has a couple of girls. So mm-hmm. if you if you need any advice, I mean, you got it right here. Is there any questions you want to you need to get out there? First of all, I, I'll ask this before you ask questions oh, okay. here, Mason. <laughs> okay. Have you been like practicing in any way? Like, no. are you putting diapers on a football or are you working no. on speed? No, not at all. Don't. Because there's nothing can prepare you for, like, a baby that's fighting you mm-hmm. as you're trying to put a diaper on. Like, you're like, dude, real strong. And also kind of feel weird, like, cranking <laughs> your leg down. But this has got to happen, dude. And getting in a, get them in a car seat. Mm. It's like if you had to lock someone in a NASCAR, like, suit, and they were fighting you the whole time. <laughs> that's what it's kind of like. Okay. Also, you think... Like now's bad. Wait till she starts nesting. You know what they like. They call it, when it gets closer and closer. She's gonna be like Mason. Can you scrub the floor right there? It looks a little dirty. Now I, this is something I've learned. I hate the term nesting because I've heard it get used, and it sounds just really dumb to me. Uh, no, I mean no. It's a- birds. Apologies to those that think that. Like that I'm an idiot for saying that. It's just it's a weird thing to say. It's like. You just naturally start to like what? You feel like the house needs to be more improved. Like she yeah. already does that. <laughs> well, are well, you fe- are you just feeding wait. Bud by hand? What are you feeding her in bed like by hand no. or anything like Mama Bird to Baby well, Bird? They, they say nestings for the birds, <laughs> dude. Don't wait. Look, she had me vacuuming the ceiling. <laughs> I was like, this is not no. And she's like, yeah, just get that spot right there. And yeah. I was like, listen. Had anybody ever vacuumed a ceiling before that happened? Hell no. That request? <laughs> no. Not even a broom? Going I after cobwebs? Like, Can I just broom it? And she was like, no, but you have to get... And I was like, listen to me. I love you. You're pregnant AF. But to leave me alone. I'm going to run away. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I just I think that's one of those deals where she already had what I viewed as 
silly and unreasonable requests. So I'm sure that they, there will be an uptick oh. uh, in unnecessary things around the house. I mean, there's been a lot of that. We, even the significant projects on the house, I would say, so why do we buy this specific house? Or like, why are we doing this? Like, we, she wanted new floors. We got new floors a couple months ago. <laughs> I don't know. I thought the I thought the floors were fine. I could have lived. I've with seen it. them. They were good. Why? Good why, floors. Not good enough for baby. Why did we have to repaint the bedroom? I, oh yeah. Uh, oh, that's got to. Why? Why do we need to repaint the living room? That has not happened yet. That will happen well after the baby comes. I'm sure. But <laughs> what what color the walls? Deals. Did you go lavender or is it like a pink? No, the, basically the exact same color, just slightly darker oh, yeah. than the last kind of one. Yeah, it's uh-huh. one of those deals. I love her. In case she's listening, but tough. Here, here tough. I, I got a question, and this is like more towards, you know, of course, the advice that Deej can give Mason here. When the water breaks and baby's coming, mm-hmm. and, you know, Mason might get go into panic a little bit. No. Like start trying to hustle, like getting a bag together and rest, running around the house, making sure everything is uh, ready to go, and he's out the door, they're out the door off to the hospital. What does he, he – he says no, but – you know, maybe I'm that's a little bit premature. Like, I don't think he can be prepared for when baby coming, and everything is happening all at once. So the like water breaking and stuff, and like the like oh baby's coming, that is the that is the least like the movies. It doesn't work that way. Like Sarah on our first kid, she didn't even know she broke her water broke, or they did. They had to do it at the hospital. Oh, mm. so um, it was like not even a thing. The thing you will not be prepared for is how intense the whole thing is. Like yeah, the whole I could that. like labor thing is really raw and intense, and you're like, oh my god! <laughs> and that's the part you're gonna be like, oh. and then the first time that you put baby in her seat, her chair, her little car seat, and you drive her home. I drove 10 miles an hour. I just could I was like, oh, oh, well, oh. So this is a thing that I think works in my favor. It is a straight shot mm-hmm. from the hospital to our house. So I will not have to make a single turn yeah. until we, like, turn into our neighborhood. Um, I do, I mean, there are some things of that. My wife already doesn't like when I drive. Uh, so I'm, I'm a little worried about that. I mean, I don't know. She may pop this thing out and may say, all right, you're driving home, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's another thing. You stay there for a couple days, right? Yeah. And then they oh, just- So that's another thing I want to ask you about because yeah. I've only been in a hospital in serious situations a couple of times in my life. And from what I remember about it, for some reason – I really enjoyed like the cafeteria at a hospital. What was your hospital experience like when you were waiting or after? Like, do you enjoy any of the amenities there? Ascension Via Christie, shout out to them. Did you use the shower I did. or bathroom? I That's did. only for the patient. Well, nah. I mean, I'll tell you what. First of all, free, free little snacks and stuff like granola bars, oh, kind of yeah. stuff, applesauce, juices. Any pop, anything like that, it's all free on the house. You get your big cup with water and some, and that's awesome. And then, yeah, the calf was awesome. They had a full menu, and I'm like, hmm, what do I want? My wife's like, <laughs> I'm like, I'll take the bacon cheeseburger. It was fantastic. Shout out to them. They were they were so okay. amazing. Um, you're gonna you're like you're gonna you're gonna love it. It's, it's, okay, it's, it's that's cool. what kind the, of what the I thought. Thing that. Stinks is the sleeping situation, yeah. dude. That you are nowhere to sleep. 
You right? got nowhere. Yeah. Unless you like you like my wife's like, come and sleep with me, and you're like, oh, mm, you know, you yeah. feel because you're gonna want to like bump into you, you know. Yeah. So sleeping on that dad chair is a beast, man. Yeah. Just but you got to do it. It's like a, you know, it's one of those rites of passage. Sleep on that god awful chair. Yeah. And be, claim your manhood. And then be like, can I sleep with you in that weird bed? <laughs> but the sleeping, really, the first night after we had our first baby, we didn't sleep at all because mm-hmm. she was a brat and cried the entire night. And we were like, <laughs> I was like, I don't know, I don't know what to do. <laughs> it was awful. It was awful. But they also, you can send the baby to the nursery and where mm-hmm. the nurses watch after it if you want to get a couple hours of sleep that's a pro tip don't feel bad about saying go ahead go back to where you came from go maybe. back to where you came from yeah. and never look back they'll go go give her a bath and all that stuff they'll take care of her and you guys can catch some some z's it's important because from the minute that you're like this is happening and they admit you you're awake okay. they tell you to go to sleep but you're like We're good. We're good. And then it happens and it's intense and it's really like draining. And then you're like, crash hard. You crash so hard. Get those sleeps in and then tackle baby action. Okay. All right. Well, that sounds, I mean, that sounds good to me. I'm. You're going to do great. You're going to do a great job. You're already doing good. Just, just take orders. (laughs) It pays off in the end. Trust me. Just take orders, man. Yeah. Don't. When I was in New Orleans two Aprils ago, and Lindsay and I went down there for a wedding, and she ended up getting on the last like on the last night. We're leaving at five a.m. the next day, and it's one o'clock in the morning, and she's having stomach pains while she had appendicitis. Oh, so we stayed oh. an extra day, and so we pull an all nighter. I'm in the hospital room waiting for her to come back out of out of surgery, and she comes back, and the nurse is like, "Can we get you anything? Do you want something to eat?" And Lindsay's like, "Yeah, I'll take whatever you guys are serving. Great." And leaves. I'm like sitting there, and I'm like, hey. "Don't worry, I'll just go to the Popeyes well, down yeah, the road." I mean, if there's one thing that Man. we all know in this room, it's that society <laughs> is toughest on men. Sure. You know? It's, oh, sure. Yeah. It's tough to be a guy. You know? I'll just have a sugar packet or two. I'll just chew on an ice. Cube. Don't worry, I'll just find a restaurant that's serving yeah. turkey and mashed potatoes. <laughs> I didn't want any of that. I'll just mug somebody then, <laughs> you know, outside this hospital. Yeah, they don't care. By the way, I'd never, I, it was in New Orleans. The, the, the hospital is completely empty. Mm. Like, the, we are like the only patients in the entire, that was wild, by the way. I, <laughs> I never would have expected that. They're built different down there. They don't go to the hospital. <laughs> when we went to the emergency room, there was like no rush. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the lady had to take a few seconds to get off solitaire, and she just turns over like, What's up? Mm. I will say it's, appendicitis is one of those things that always freaks me out. That the it's gonna second happen at I some feel point. something, I'm like, I hope it's not this because I just you know I don't want to die. Surprisingly, thinking I got you know a stomach ache and and speaking of not built like that, I'm not built like that. <laughs> like pain. I just you know <laughs> I'm a lay. I'm just a little backed up. This is not an issue. Oh no, it'll pass. Yeah. <laughs> and then you start puking and it's still there. It's like well. This could be serious. Oh, see, could be, man. And then they talk about the like, the you know, the mm-hmm. toxic, you know, and you're just like, dude, I'm gonna die. <laughs> I've I've lived in Wichita for almost three years now, and I for the first time two weeks ago got a doctor down there in case anything ever goes wrong. Like now I have a doctor I can go see. Nice. So first time I've had that in about seven years in my life. So shake the man's hand. You go, hey, you're my doctor now. Yep. 
I will. I'll, I'll probably see you in twenty years. <laughs> and then when it's time that doctor's at a bar mitzvah and you gotta take somebody else or yeah, something. Yes, shamok. Yeah. 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 Well, let's take a break, and when we come back, we'll get to the, uh, man, definitely the hot topic in the Big 12 from this past weekend up next. And uh, we got Do They Know It coming up uh, in the next segment. Mitch Fortner with David G., Troy Coverdale, Trey Berkland, and Mason Vogt from EMA Online, of course, a former host of the show, in studio right now to my 2 o'clock. Really, the big news for us over the weekend, I mean, completely blew up on Friday night. And that was Bob Huggins. Bob Huggins, 16 years at West Virginia. His month already was off to a rocky, well, last calendar month was off to a rocky start uh, because of using a gay slur on Cincinnati radio. Was way too comfortable about it. He said it not once but twice and not only offended the LGBTQ community, but also took a shot at Catholics as well. And then uh, Friday gets arrested in Pittsburgh on a DUI where he was driving his black SUV, pulled over, kind of, and has a flat, and police show up. They're like, hey, can you move your vehicle over? And struggled with that. Could barely answer questions. Could barely move. Had him do a field sobriety. Failed miserably. And it turns out when they got him back to the police station, he blew a .21. And just imagine where he was at if he would have blew right away once police interacted with him. He was drunk as a skunk. I mean, point two one is you're knocking on the door of triple the legal limit. And after that, next day, he talks to his team, makes a, or puts out an official release stating that, guys, I'm done. This is it. I'm done with West Virginia. Uh, and, of course, you know, felt bad for his actions. But, I, I mean, i got to be honest with you. My initial thought was... I don't feel bad for him. This is all his actions and probably should have did his best to lay low because West Virginia was ready to sweep it under the rug when he used that gay slur. And then it wasn't only right around a month later, then he gets popped for a DUI. And I'm like, others have definitely survived from a DUI. But after the gay slur, DUI was the exit that we probably all saw coming. No doubt about it. It's the the fact that in some other circumstances, the appearance on the radio where he, he takes a shot at the gay community and the Catholic community all in one and then does it a second time, he, that would have been enough for a lot of places to say, we can't have this guy here anymore. But I think the signs kind of indicate that this was West Virginia gearing up for this to be Huggins last year, regardless of anything that happened. The NIL money that's poured in all this. So they said, OK, look, Bob, you really screwed up here. And whatever happens, like you got to wear that, but we're going to try and keep you here. And that's a community where keeping him played, like it wasn't like it was going to offend a majority of the West Virginia fan base. The problem is they, they just couldn't keep him after another mistake like this. Like, I think it would be one thing if it was, I don't know, maybe some other mistake that he made, but the fact that it's something as egregious as drunk driving on top of the already egregious mistake that he had. It just shows that they had to make that move. It makes a ton of sense. If it was more in the neighborhood of just a basic point oh eight, yes. If it was closer to the legal limit, but to have it be point two one, almost three times the legal limit, there's no way at that point that you're able to keep him on. And so much of the story too, like he had a busted tire 
it was 8.30 at night when he gets arrested, and he doesn't know at all that he's in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and he's talking to them about being at Burger King. Well, that receipt that they found was from seven hours before he got popped for the DUI. So that I, there's just so many details in this story that contribute to there's no way he was going to survive this one. The only, the only detail that isn't in this mix that I, I'm thankful for is that there was no gun involved in any of this. I mean, honestly, because that almost gets you into serious... I mean, you're already worried about him, but mental state at that point, you really have to question. And that's sad yeah, that he, we're at that point. He, Bob Huggins is obviously suffering. He's, yes. uh, he's sick, and he needs to get help. And he really, uh, besides the, all this, which it's too bad because you say besides everything which is a hall of fame career third or fourth on the all active you know list their all-time wins like all the accolades and great things about it at the end of the day uh, bob huggins needs to get help he's sick and he has thrown it all away he's at rock bottom i hope this is his rock bottom so that he can go and get the help that he needs desperately um he's suffering bad and uh, but not I mean obviously not excusing his actions he needs to pay for that he needs to uh, he needs to do some serious soul searching and so looking in the mirror because at the end of the day I, I hate that but at the end of the day this could kill him he could die from this regardless of his record so he needs to take those steps to take care of Bob Huggins right now. It, it can't be anything else other well, than get, get help. Man. On top of the drunk driving aspect of this, he's not helping his general health at all anyway, and we already know yeah. that he's had his issues with his heart. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I, I just think that's one of those deals, too, where, like, if this isn't the thing that forces him to get, like, serious help for this, because I'm sure – Various people have addressed this at times with him. Yeah. But if this isn't the thing where you've now, I mean, it's a really embarrassing and bad story that's out there for you. And on top of it, you lose your job. And a month ago, you had something that paints you in a really bad light with a lot of people around the world. If losing your job doesn't correct this and make you realize, I, I got to make a serious switch and get some help here, then. It's it's a lot more serious than Bob Huggins not coaching basketball anymore. Mm-hmm. It's that it would be a guy that just doesn't care about anything, and that's concerning too. And that's why I think it's so important that hopefully he gets something figured out here. Because if this doesn't impact him enough to say, "I got to quit with the drinking," I got to go get help for this. That, that's really that's really scary. Absolutely. Well, let me you know just say when I said earlier I don't feel bad. I feel bad for the current yes, situation he's sure. in, yeah, like yeah, him sure. drunk driving and him using I, like yeah. the. Mm-hmm. the the feedback or the uh, the reaction, the, the, any of the negative you don't, reaction, you don't I don't feel, feel bad, bad for, for him at all. Consequences that he's getting. Well, from not this. at you all. Feel I bad mean, for him as the individual, but the consequences you have to live with. That. And, and, and you do make that decision to get in the car. You know what I mean? Like you, I don't feel bad. Like like just like Mason said, I don't feel bad um, for him in that aspect. He made that decision, 
But like, I know what you're going to say. Like, you feel for him. Well, ten years ago, I was stupid enough to get a DUI. Right. I mean, I, I've unfortunately been there. I blew a point oh oh eight five, and I, I thought I was good to go. And then I saw a point. I was like, really? That's it? Like that? This how I feel right now is illegal? Like I was a bit surprised, but I was stupid enough to do that. Right. And I didn't want anybody to feel bad for me. I was ready to accept the consequences. And to be honest with you, when it happened, I freaked out. I had right. never been arrested before, and I still haven't since. But I didn't know what was coming my way. Right. I didn't know if this was going to affect my job here, and it did in a way. But I was able to overcome that and to prove myself to that you know I wasn't going to be a liability. Right. And you know that took a while to get that trust back. But this was not his first DUI. No. Oh. Even though the la- the first one was, uh, gosh, I think it was about twenty years ago mm-hmm. when he picked up his first. It was just too much happening at one time. I don't feel bad for him not being smart. Mm-hmm. Let's just put it that way. Because mm-hmm. he was not smart mm-hmm. about what's currently taking place. But you brought up the point of his mental health. We don't know where he's at right now. And there's no way West Virginia can have somebody making these choices lead a group of young men. No. It just can't happen. Right. you got to take care of yourself. You And this is obvious. It's a compulsion to, to make these decisions regardless of what is on the line. He just can't help himself so he needs to help himself and go find someone that can turn this around help him turn it around but um, he's got to want it and let me put it this way as well I also feel bad that his career maybe his career's not over but I would imagine it is he's 69 years old he is I mean he was knocking on the door of winning a thousand games but he mm-hmm. didn't he's in the 900s but it, it is a Hall of Fame career yeah and what he did for K-State will never yeah. be forgotten in one year I mean catapulted K-State into a, you know a place that they hadn't been since the seventies and eighties, mm-hmm. and that's you know NCAA tournament and being there on a somewhat consistent basis with Frank Martin, then taking yeah. over after that, and you know it, it seems like for some reason just the percentage of coaches that in their Hall of Fame careers on a note that has no drama, <laughs> it, it, it's lower than it absolutely <laughs> yeah. should be. Yeah, yeah. It, it just, for some reason, there's just a handful of them out there that had such great careers and it ended well horribly. Really, the only guy that's going to end his career without any controversy is Bill Self. <laughs> Talk about sweeping in under the rug. Squeaky clean, really. I mean, just Well, now, hold on a second. I mean, did uh, they did 86 a scholarship for a couple of years. Oh, my. Wait a minute. Right? Hey, 12 scholarships this year. 12 scholarships. I'm sure. So one, you know, one five-star is going to have to find a new home. <laughs> or a four-star, you, yeah, know, I, you know. They're taking I, a hit. I, I, just to, to, like, finish off where I stand and how I feel about it, like, you mentioned what Bob Huggins did. Like, his basketball career – it, it was impressive, amazing, and like everybody should still respect Bob Huggins as the coach. But it, this is one of those deals where, like, I think we're all in agreement. Like, we don't feel bad for what happened to him in terms of the consequences, losing his job. Like, I think at this point, you can say it was deserved, it had to happen. Yeah. But on the basketball side, like, I will always have good things to say about Bob Huggins mm-hmm. because even though I was only nine years old, the, the season that he coached at K State, the impact that he had on what I got to experience as a K-State fan growing up and then now covering the team. Like, he did this for K-State basketball, and so I will forever be grateful for that and and talk up what he do, did as a basketball coach. I mean, he took two programs to a Final Four, and two that really have no business being teams in the Final Four like Cincinnati and West Virginia, and then reviving K-State in one year. So the basketball thing is unmatched, and for that, that's why 
I think there are conflicted feelings from people as you love him as the coach and the personality. He just has some serious flaws that he has to get worked on right now. And now the next step is what happens to this recruiting class? Come on over. Some incredible (laughs) NIL contributions built. Uh, I mean, that's my opinion because it was well documented about who was brought in with Oliver Luck and the owner of the uh, of the Diamondbacks in Arizona, and them. You know, this is a really good class, one of the best transfer classes in college basketball. I think this. You know, I think I think it's better than TCU's, and TCU is a pretty good one. But we were talking off air about it. You know, Kirk Chris or however you say his name from Arizona to West Virginia. Maybe he can stay in Morgantown. I know you're not a big fan. I do like his he's numbers, terrible. but you were saying something about <laughs> off the court he's a no, liability. Uh, no, on the court he's a liability. Okay. Uh, he, the numbers look fine, but if you watch him, he is not a good basketball player. <laughs> he's just, oh, he is he is not very smart with the basketball in his hands, mm. and there's a reason why a guy with even good numbers for some reason isn't staying at Arizona the last two years. A team that underperformed in the NCAA tournament as a one and two seed in yep. consecutive seasons. Yeah. So. Well, maybe if the NIL money sticks around, uh, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. I mean, Kerr, Creasy can stay. A couple of those other guys, though. That Edwards kid from Syracuse, I, mm. I wanted him. Come I really on did. Rank one battle, the, the transfer from Montana State that K State played in the. I mean, watching that game front row, up close, like you could tell he was by far their best player. That dude was awesome. He can camp in my corner and launch threes any day. Yes. yes. That guy was good. Man, he was good. Um, who is their, who's their going to coach that team? Have they even made an announcement? Yet? Nah, no, they, you know, the, the national search is on, but I mean, we're way past the carousel. Yeah. 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 That yeah, carousel has been Jim shut Bayline. down for the summer. It, Jim Bayline. Uh, oh God. John Bayline is on the uh, sideline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you said Jim Bayhi was, ah, like, he's got a little bit of a history, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure how much yeah. Jesse Edwards would hang around I, actually. I was, yeah. And I was, I was working here the, the morning uh, that he got into the problem with a vehicle as well, so I don't know that. Yikes! Uh, right? Wait, yeah, oh, wait. Uh, that's a valid point. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, and John Beeline, it cracks me up when any like fan base is like John Beeline. He's like Wichita State fans did it too. I'm like, they I, did. you know, the guy that's like well into his 60s now that got fired mid-season by the Cleveland Cavaliers because the players absolutely hated him. Oh. Probably not the guy to run a college basketball Yeah, he's still getting time. paid on that contract. Why yeah. worry about it? Yeah. That was brutal. Man, that was bad. The Cavs players were like, seriously? No. Yeah. <laughs> God, this guy's got to go tonight. 